Fall camp is here for the Auburn Tigers, but who will Auburn starters be when it's all said and done? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and joining us from Crane & Company, also my mother's favorite guest, she asked me to say that, it's Jake Crane, who this is now going to be a weekly thing. Every Thursday we're going to be hanging out, and I appreciate that, my friend. No, nah, man, I, I'm excited. Uh, shout out to your mom in the most respectful way possible. I got, I got massive love for you as well. Uh, but no, nah, man, I'm very excited. Uh, obviously, you know the amount of respect I have for you and, and what you've got going on here with, with Locked On. And yeah, I'm excited to be a part of it every week. So fall camp is here. Thank goodness. We get to watch practice today and tomorrow at Auburn. But I thought we would go through and just let's project the starting depth chart. We're not going to go two or three deep. We will at some positions because I think it's relevant. But I think it'd be a fun exercise. Where do we think it'll be when Auburn hosts UMass next month? So let's start with the, the most important position, the quarterback position. I believe it's going to be Peyton Thorne when it's all said and done. It does seem like there's been some late momentum for Robbie Ashford, but where are you on this, Jake? Do you think Peyton Thorne's ultimately Auburn's starter? Yeah, well, you know, it's something that, that me and you talked about at SEC Media Days. Typically, you don't bring in transfer portal players and guys from junior college to sit the bench, right? You're, you're trying to plug yeah. holes, plug leaks in the ship. You don't want to build the whole ship out of it. Uh, but, you know, Robbie Ashford has a skill set, especially with his legs, that can be elite. You know, I think there's questions on both of them, both quarterbacks on opposite ends of the spectrum when you're running this RPO uh, three-man surface, eye manipulation style method where you can keep the ball, you can throw the ball in a couple different areas. Sure. Uh, on Robbie's end, obviously, can he throw it well enough to keep the defense honest there? Uh, and then from Peyton's end, can he run it well enough to keep the defense honest there? And I mean, that helps you operate at full efficiency. I think Peyton's going to end up winning the job, uh, but I would not be shocked to see Robbie get anywhere from 10 to 20 snaps a game to see him in red zone situations. 10 to 20? 10 to 20. See him in third and short, fourth and short situations. Uh, just because it's not a wildcat, he really does bring that element yeah. of being able to throw the ball as well. So I think Peyton's going to win it, but by no means do I think Robbie Ashford is just going to be over there with a clipboard signaling. Yeah. The next position we look at with running back is more of an interesting thing like who's the guy after Jarquez Hunter? Yeah. And there's several candidates. Brian Badty, the transfer that sounds like he's still recovering from an injury he suffered at A-Day. I love Damari Austin. I thought he really, really impressed me last year, and then it sounds like he's had a good offseason. Then Jeremiah Cobb has a chance to be one of the more explosive freshman running backs if he gets enough touches, but there's so many mouths to feed in front of him. I can't wait to see how all that goes, but that's the order I have right now, Jake. I have Jarquez Hunter, Brian Batty, Damari Austin, and then Jeremiah Cobb. Yeah, I, I think that's about right. Look, I think Damari gives you a good guy to spell uh, Jarquez Hunter. And, and, you know, something I've said, and, and I've said this, you know, since really I started seeing Jarquez, I think Jarquez is a more explosive back than what Tank was. And yeah. Tank was in, a great player, great vision. Uh, the ability to, to cut on a dime, his jump cut was nasty. But Jarquez, he's physical. He rolls his hips through contact. He can cut. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. His pass protection's gotten better. But Damari is a two. And, and I think it's going to be a battle between Damari and uh, Robbie Ashford for the, to be the second leading rusher on the team. That's juicy. 
that's an interesting thing. Who's second in rushing yards at Auburn? Is it going to be the backup quarterback or the backup running back? That's fun. That's a fun question to ask. Uh, as far as wide receiver, I have Camden Brown as the starting X. I have him starting over Shane Hooks. Yeah. At the Z wide receiver, I have Jair Shorter starting over Coy Moore. And then at the H, the slot receiver, I have Javaris Johnson over Caleb Burton. Any of those shock or surprise you? No, I, I tell you, I think there's some guys that can move around a little bit. I, totally. I think you're going to see Hugh and, and Phil do a really good job formationally of, of being able to get the best players on the field at the most effective spots. It's one of the things I don't think we talk about enough when we're referencing college football. Caleb Burton, to me, look, Javarius has, has shown you uh, who he is. He can be really, really effective, especially in the intermediate game. Uh, he's got good wiggle. But, I, man, this Caleb Burton kid, I'm telling you, I think he really, really has a chance to be a guy vertically, uh, even at that position, that, that can really affect people when you're running high-low op. Uh, you're trying to get that safety and, and nickel manipulated with the post and the dig underneath it. Uh, and then, obviously, you look, you look at Hooks. I think Hooks is a guy that, that's really going to come on the scene. But Cam Brown, Camden mm -hmm. Brown, to me, physically, if he can just figure it out, has a chance to play at the next level and be a really, really good player at the next level and turn 50-50 balls into 70-30 balls. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Coy Moore, I think, is going to be a good backup. I, I don't think Coy is, is super explosive. I think he's more of a possession guy. But it finally feels like Auburn has some depth at that position that can hit the home run not just make a good 15-yard catch and get tackled and hold on to the ball, but actually hit the home run, which will open up stuff underneath, uh, not only for Jarquez, but for the tight ends as well. Yeah, I mean, they've got depth for a year, right? And then half of those guys run out of eligibility yeah. <laughs> in just a few months. Hey, yeah, Perry but, Thompson, what's up? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Path to playing time, very, very quick there. And then when you look at, like you mentioned, high-low stuff, I, I think – a lot of these slot receivers are going to really benefit from Rivaldo Fairweather in the passing game. So I've got Rivaldo Fairweather as a starting tight end. I also got Luke yeah. Deal there. I think they're gonna, they're both tight ends, but I think they're going to be doing different things. Yeah, and again, it's it's the best security blanket, and it's the hardest matchup. I always say, you know, yeah. there's a lot of receivers running around out there, DBs. The hardest body type to find that can be effective is a tight end that can block and run routes and catch, and then a nickel that can defend the slot receiver and then be good against the run when you're asking them to do multiple things uh, coming out of that spot. But Fairweather, to me, especially in the red zone, you talk about a guy that can turn an oh-no ball into a hell-yes ball. Uh, that, that's him. Then you have, obviously, you know the depth they have at tight end with Luke Deal, a guy we saw and got to talk to at SEC Media Days, who I really kind of like the physical aspect that he brings. But again, Having that tight end, I don't care what system you run, really puts a lot of stress on the defense because it's it, there's not a great matchup for them out there if they can go up and get the ball at that size. So if you're Peyton Thorne or you're Robbie Ashford, that security blanket at tight end, man, it just gives you those warm, fuzzy feelings inside. And then with offensive line, I mean, I think I've been pretty consistent with this over the course of the offseason just because Auburn was very consistent with it over the course of spring. But at left tackle, I've got Dylan Wade. At left guard, I have Jeremiah Wright. At center, I have Avery Jones. At right guard, Cam Stutz, largely because they took him to media days. Am I overvaluing yeah. that? Maybe. I don't know. No, and then I, I, That's a real thing. Yeah, and then uh, Gunnar Britton at right tackle. Yeah. Well, look, I just I, – I think you're pretty much spot on there. I'll say this. Man, it's just – just nice to have offensive linemen that aren't that. Are, not that they're not bad. That, that the guys were bad players. They just weren't good players, and the depth wasn't good. Not that they were soft. They tried hard, but.
but my washing machine tries hard. My dishwasher tries hard. You're either going to get the job done or you're not. And then you look at guys backing them up, you know, Connor Lou, the guys they've been able to accumulate behind them. It's just, I think that Zach, when you look at the way the roster has been flipped is the mm-hmm. thing that Hugh has done the best job of to give Auburn a chance to win some of these games against teams that, you know, that have just been better than Auburn up front. That's how you bridge the gap. It's not at the skill position. That right. helps, obviously. You don't want to have a bunch of, you know, Rudy's running around out there. But it's up front. That's how you elevate yourself. That's what I think he's done. And, man, it's just it's going to be feel good to look make Auburn, you know, watch them and, and them not look like Swiss cheese on the offensive line. No, and, I, and I'm glad you mentioned Connor Liu because I think he could be a solid backup at all three interior spots. Jaden Muskrat sure. is another guy that's like he played tackle at Tulsa, but he's probably a guard at the SEC. So that's yeah. another guy that gives you some depth. And then Azavian Miller, too tall Miller, one of the better Juco players in this past year's class. Doesn't sound like he's quite ready, Jake, but if you need him, it's better than the depth that Auburn's had yeah, in a hot that- minute. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, and again, I think people kind of fall into the common misconception of, oh, we got our starting five. We're good. No, that's not how it works in this game. If you're not seven, pretty much eight deep with the battle of attrition, especially in the SEC, yep. which is basically the Gettysburg of, of, you know, the trenches when it comes down to college football, uh, you're in trouble. So they have some quality depth. I think they can go seven, eight deep. Yeah. All right. Let's take a stab at who will start on defense in just a moment. And also, Jake, the question's coming. Is Auburn getting K.J. Bolden? We discuss all this in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the best place to go and get all of your potential new hires because every potential new hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you bring in the right Folks, LinkedIn Jobs is the best place to do that. They have the most tools. And look, folks with jobs, already qualified people, are on LinkedIn all the time. And LinkedIn Jobs can make sure that you get in front of the applicants you want to get in front of. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. It's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Jake Crane of Crane and Company hanging out with us. On the defensive side of things, we'll go through this a little bit quicker, Jake. But on the Jack linebacker side of things, I've got Elijah McAllister as a starter. Once again, represented Auburn very well at Media Days. Love that guy. Love his demeanor. And then Jalen McLeod, the transfer from App State, I think he leads Auburn in sacks this year. So he won't technically start, but he'll be a very big part of what Auburn does from a pass rushing standpoint. Yeah. He's, he's your specialist. Uh, he's your he's your third and long, you know, third and six and above. Get in there, get after the quarterback. Uh, I'm interested to really see how he kind of not not that he didn't play against great tackles in the Sun Belt, but I, I do think he's got to develop a couple more moves, which I know that he knows that you mm-hmm. can't just go out there and overpower people in this league. The, the bull rush is almost your changeup. 
you got to have a couple other moves. So uh, I'm excited to see him on third and long. And, and there's a couple guys in that mix too. And I know we're going to get to a few of them in a second. Yeah, the rest of the defensive line, uh, assuming Justin Rogers is good to go. I've got Justin Rogers starting a nose tackle. Jason Jones starting at that defensive tackle, yep. three technique role. Then Marcus Harris starting a defensive end with Kel with a lot of guys then being able to do multiple things behind them. Like Keldrick Falk, sounds like they want him on the field, a defensive end and Jack linebacker, which is exciting. You know, Zacchaeus Walker is a guy that Auburn fans are ready to see more of. And then the Maryland transfer, Messiah Nasili Kite, we saw him play a lot of rotational reps in practice in an A-day, a defensive end, and at the three technique. So those first few guys are the guys that I think will start. But we're finally seeing a little bit of a rotation return to Auburn yeah. after a two-year hiatus. Yeah, and, and look, I'm going to tell you, I think Marcus Harris leads the team in sacks. I, I, I love what that kid's able to do. He's, he's a nice mix of power and not finesse, but he's agile enough in his hips in his ankles to be able to work those stunts, right? Those TEs, those Xs, those swords, things like that. I really want to yeah. see him kind of mix with the backers and what they can do. You can put him at the three tech if you want on those third and long packages and let him rush the passer and go against the guard, try and divide, get wide and get inside. Uh, but I, I, will, I will say this, if Auburn's pass rush can just be effective, it doesn't have to be the best pass rush in the country. If it can just be effective, this is going to catapult this team into what could possibly be, Zach, a pretty big year. And I know we're going to get to the back end and that linebacker, but you look at the experience and the talent back there. If they're able to get to the passer and get that ball in the air early, there's some guys in that back end that can really make people pay. And this that's the key. That is the key to the whole season. Can you rush the passer? Because if Auburn can rush the passer, they're going to get after some people's ass a little bit when it comes down to Saturdays this fall. And, Jake, I don't know if they can. I'm just being That's honest. Like, we'll I, I don't. I don't. Right now, I don't think they're going to be able to consistently rush the passer. That is my That's biggest concern on this team. I agree. I'm right there with you. So I think we may disagree on linebackers a little bit. So I've got Austin Key starting at the mic, and I have Wesley Steiner starting at the will. Look, I I, I agree with you, at Mike. Uh, I think it's going to be Keys. Here's the thing with Steiner. He's got to start seeing it. He can't just go. He can't just be out there and th he's thinking. If you watch his feet, he's he's slow to react because he's thinking. When you're where you're supposed to be mentally, you're reacting. You're not thinking. Athletic wise, strength wise, talent wise. I mean, you watch the guy in the weight room. He looks like he's going to take on Arnold Schwarzenegger for you know Mr. Olympia when it comes down to it. But you got to right. be able to see it. And if he's able to see it, he's an NFL player. And he's been in the system long enough. I know it's a new DC. But he's gone. He's been in games. He understands what he's looking at, whether they're reading through the triangle, whether they're reading feet, whether they're reading depth, whatever it is. If he can see it, he can play. But until I see it, I don't know if he can really play at this level. So you you think Larry Nixon starts I think Larry, there? Look, I'm telling you, Larry, talk about a guy that has to see it. When you look at the athletic and the, and the differences between these two guys' games, one of them really sees it. Look. My father was an yeah. All-American linebacker at Auburn, ran 4.75. He knew where the ball was going at the snap. It's not about just how fast you – Pat Dye had a great saying if, at linebacker. I don't care if you run 4.4 because if you got to run 40 yards to catch somebody, I don't want you playing that position. And that's the truth. That position is eyes, hat, hands, hips, and feet. And you don't have to be a – it's great if you can – Mm -hmm. I'd love if you're super fast and you can see it. And Wesley can be that guy. But Nixon sees it. 
He understands it and he won't be surprised and he knows how to fit it. That's what it comes down to. It's a fit. Just like your friend group. Are you a good fit or not? Can you stop the run? Are you a good fitter or not? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. I spoke with Larry earlier this week and I asked him about the whole, all right, you know, you, you're kind of expected to lead this defense, be in the middle of it, but you didn't go through spring. And he's like, well, I went through spring in North Texas. Like it's not that much different to, it's more about the physical aspect of, you know, everybody around you is just better. Bigger like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, that's, that's, that's true. But that also is important. Right. I mean, that's certainly a certainly a part sure, of it. You don't want a guy that's going to get lost in there. That, that yeah. That's the worst thing that can happen is you go in there and you get lost. But again, if I beat you to the spot, I'm not lost. You're lost. Yeah. All right. At nickel, I've got Keontae Scott and then Austin Osbury behind yeah. him just because I didn't really have a place to put Austin Osbury. So I put him at backup nickel at safety. I've got Jalen Simpson and Zion Puckett starting. And then at corner, I've got DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett starting with Kane Lee and JD Rim being behind them. They will certainly be on the field, and you could put those guys at nickel as well if you needed to. So that's uh, that's the back end, and that's the strength of this team. I mean, it's just a really, really good room. Well, again, I, I think it, and it comes down to that pass rush because if that True. pass rush can get there, you feel a whole heck of a lot better about running man on the outside. Like when I have DJ and I have Nehemiah, I can run man free and feel good. I can run two man on third down and I can use those safeties to help shade the inside guys and not have to worry about the outside guys. Even though in reality, you typically, when you're running two man, which is man underneath and both the safeties are playing kind of cover two up top, but you always cheat toward their best receiver. Like if it's LSU on that side, who's ever locked up against some elite neighbors, there's going to be somebody behind them at safety that knows exactly where he's going and they're going to try and leverage to work that out. So yeah, man, mm -hmm. if you can get after it and you can stay in man, you can really cause some problems, especially in the, defending the underneath on the third and mediums. Obviously, execution is a huge part of winning football games at every level, but especially the yeah. SEC. Is this roster good enough? In theory, like is the talent on this roster good enough to win nine games this season? Yes. To win nine, yes. Um, and look, to win 10? Going to win 10? Look, that's where it gets fuzzy, right? It's, it's college football. You never know. But uh, 10, that's a, that's a tall order. And there's a lot of things that go into it, though, right? Like like schedule. Who are you playing? Who's in your non-conference? And But if we're talking about you get Bama and Georgia at home, do I think Auburn could split that? Hell yeah, I think they could split that. I think they're good enough up front. It comes down to the pass rush now, like we talked about. But I think the offensive line is good enough to be able to get that third and one, to be able to get that third and two when they're running the ball. It is going to come down to can they rush the passer. You've got mm -hmm. Arkansas, I believe, on the road. You've got A&M on the road. I think you got both Mississippi schools at home. Am I right there, Zach? Yep. I'm telling you, Auburn, I, and I said this the other day, and, and it's funny, now other people are starting to say it, people are starting to believe it. Don't be shocked if at the end of the season, Auburn and Alabama have records that are somewhat close to each other, like within a game and a half of each other. This team, if they handle business in the non-conference, could mess around and go 9-3, and three, which would be massive with what we're seeing in recruiting going on right now. Yeah, give Hugh Freeze coach of the year if that were, um, that were to happen. All right, you mentioned recruiting. Mm. Can Auburn land K.J. Bolden, the number one safety in high school football. We discuss in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. I want to encourage you to join the Locked on Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. 
Jake, recruiting has been stupid. I mean, it's been unbelievably fun to follow as an Auburn person. Uh, stuff that we've never really seen before. And it doesn't seem like it's over because it seems like Auburn's very close to, you know, maybe a Camarian Franklin, a five-star defensive lineman. But the big one, K.J. Bolden, set to make his decision between all the top schools in college football. You've got Ohio State on there. You've got Georgia on there. You've got FSU and then Auburn. And a lot of people are saying it's an Auburn lean. So, Jake, I ask you, can Auburn land K.J. Bolden this weekend? Uh, can they, I obviously, yeah, I think it's, I think it's down to two teams and I think Auburn is one of them. Now the question becomes, who's that other team? Is it Florida state or is it Georgia? I'll say mm -hmm. this, you know, Zach, I've, I obviously follow recruiting. Um, it's something that, that we're starting to cover more and more again. I did a ton at the J boy show. We're doing it more and more at Cranning company. Now here's, here's what I'll say. Uh, and it's not just Kamari and Franklin. I think Dre Carter and TJ Lindsay are both going to end up at Auburn, which absolutely blows my mind. And, you know, I think we should all just take a moment of silence to uh, appreciate Brother Hugh and what's going on over there. Um, right now, I truly think it's a two-horse race with, with K.J. Bolden. I was talking to a couple of the coaches the other day. I'm not going to say who. They feel like it's as 50-50 as it possibly can be. And, and you know, typically people use that as a cop-out. But, if, but if, you, if you look at all the bouncing balls, there's a reason you're not seeing any predictions by these national media recruiting people. Because prediction, basically what that translated, translates to is the kid told me where he's going. I know where he's going. So here's what I'm telling you where he's going. Yeah. He he hasn't told anybody. But I'll say this, Zach. I'm, I, I go a lot on gut instinct. Uh, I recruited myself. It's never done until you sign the dotted line. But if you put a gun to my head right now, I think K.J. Bolden ends up at Auburn. I think Ooh. he does. Now, it's it's – like I said, it's truly 50-50. Right. It's flipping a coin, but there's something about this staff. There's something about the genuine ability of this staff uh, to, to change Auburn's trajectory. You know, we got through the Harson hostage crisis, uh, and now we're we're in the in the you know who we're calling it the potato famine. The potato famine, yeah, it's a hostage crisis, 100. percent I just I can't believe we got out. Um, it's like that movie with Denzel and and uh, God, what's what? Don't know the guy's name. I think it's like. Owens something, whatever, where he robs the bank and gets away with it. But okay. I think K.J. Bolden ends up – I do think he ends up at Auburn right now. I, I really do. And if that happens – oh, Zach. If that happens, just go 8-4. and four. Just go 8-4. and four. That's all I'm saying. Just go 8-4. Auburn could have a top five class for real. Um, so, look, man, it's amazing we've been talking about this. I think it shows you, you know, when you have a guy that wants to work hard and knows what he's doing in there and a staff around him, because it's not just about Hugh Freeze, and he'll be the first one to tell you. It's about the staff. It's about Zach. It's about Trevon. It's about all those mm -hmm. guys, Aldridge, you know, going in there and, and being themselves. So, uh, yeah, it's 50-50, but I'm going to lean toward this staff. They, they keep surprising people, and uh, I, I think they can get it done. It's interesting. I, I talked to somebody uh, at Auburn that's involved in his recruitment as well, and I asked the question. They're like, 50-50. They said 50-50, and then he paused, and he kind of smirked. He's like, I don't know what else we could have done. Like, it's, no, it's yeah, in his look, court. It's, it's, the kid's in a tough situation. There's a lot of people pulling. It's it's one of those things where when you go on a visit, right, at that visit, when you don't have family pulling you in another direction, you can, like, kind of really be your, yourself and enjoy it and say, you know what, yeah. I, I want to come here. It wouldn't be shocked, shocked me if he silently committed, right? But even coaches know that silent commitment the minute you leave campus and you got to go back to your where, where you're from and, and the people that are pulling you, 
it's it's anybody's game. So Saturday, I mean, it's we're gonna find out. And look, it's not over. It's not over until they sign that dotted line. But um, this has been a hell of a recruitment, and there's nothing else this staff could have done. They if he doesn't end up choosing Auburn, they they won't hang their heads. But they don't need to hang their heads, and and the Auburn fan base doesn't need to you know think oh no it was just a fluke on the other ones. No, they stole a wide a top top recruit from Bama who was from Foley. Think about that. Like it's not just who they are; it's yeah. where they're from, and that's it, it's amazing to watch. Yeah, there's a question about it. So, so a ton of energy around the program, and it seems like the players are feeling the recruiting energy. Yeah, you you've been in a bunch of programs, Jake. What does that bleed through? Like, is that is that is this energy from the outside going to impact fall camp, or are they two totally isolated yeah. things? It all it's one moving organism. Everything affects everything. It's like you hear coaches say, "Hey, you know how you live your life off the field? That's how you're going to play on the field. That's a real thing." Not that you want what everybody else is saying to dictate how you yeah. play because you can flip it both ways. If there was negative energy on the outside as a coach, you say, nobody believes in us. There's a, that's fine. We got us. That's fine. We, that, we got us and that's all we need. But when you have positive energy and it's not everybody just patting you on the back, but it's like, Hey, we can do, you start to really believe not that you didn't believe before, but there's always that time when you lay your head down on the pillow at night and it's just you yourself and God and you're thinking what's really going on. Hey, can we really do this? I'm telling you right now, that group they got in that locker room, that group they got in that meeting room and that coaching staff, and it's going to take everybody. It's going to take every single person. I don't care if you're sitting in the stands. I don't care if you're walking around Tumor's Corner or you're playing middle linebacker. For Auburn to get back to where they need to be and where the Auburn fan base deserves to be, it's going to take every single person every single day. And it seems like all of Auburn is aligned and when Auburn aligns all together, it's they can go beat anybody. Because I'll tell you this, Zach, deep down, we ain't afraid of them. These mm -hmm. other guys can be afraid of them. We're not afraid of them because we see them all the time. We look left and we see them. We look right and we see them. We grew up with them. Auburn ain't afraid of Alabama and Georgia. And it's about time we had a guy in there like Hugh Freeze that ain't afraid of them either. So that group ain't going to be afraid of them, but it's going to take everybody. I love it. Jake Crane, how can people check out everything you've got going on? Man, if you uh, if you like what you're hearing here, go to Crane & Company uh, on YouTube. It's really easy. We're almost to 100,000 subscribers. Uh, trying to hit that before we kick off. It's C-R-A-I-N and Company. We're talking everything recruiting. We have live call-ins. Uh, just had Tim Brando on, Tom Luganbill, David Pollock, all type of stuff. Uh, Zach, need to get you on there too. But uh, come check us out live each weekday morning, 6.30 to 8 a.m. Central. So when you listen to us and Locked On, man, that helps you win the water cooler. Absolutely. You can find me on socials at Z Black and we read all my written work at auburndaily.com. We will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.